Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's get into it. So thank you for doing this. I'm pretty excited. I have been following for some time on Instagram. Um, I really do appreciate what you're trying to do with your community. I'm going to tell you kind of what I feel that you are about just based on the stuff that you're sharing. I do know that you are a huge advocate for mental health, specifically for the Latinx, Hispanic, Latinx community, correct? And I do know that you address it quite a bit in terms of our men feeling empowered and feeling the freedom to reach out, ask for help, express their emotions, and just say, hey, this is hard, right? Because I feel like sometimes in our community, that's something that's not allowed, or we feel like it's not allowed. We don't expect it from our men. No, yeah, 100%. Thank you so much also for inviting me not to be part of, of this, uh, of your project, of, of, you know, of your podcast and everything, your, your channel. Um, it's definitely like I, my page is to invite people on on my own journey, you know, my journey of, of life, no, que significa eso. Basically, like obviously my college experience is pretty much done with, no, unless I jump into a PhD when when I do, then mm -hmm. then no. But for now, it's definitely on hold. Um, and in my experience and my journey and as a professional, and also first generation professional, mm -hmm. as a Latino in this country, uh, Latinx, as a son of Mexicans, as a, all these identities that may come to me at some point, no, especially with all that in between and every and everything is mental health. No, as I've learned and I'm learning more about myself, why I act a certain way, why my parents acted or struggled or sacrificed certain things what does that mean no mm -hmm. as, as latinos as latinx as immigrants and and i'm just sharing all that on my page you know i'm sharing a little bit about me something that i never really do mm -hmm. with people close at work or friends and even family i sh would tend to just hide myself you know and in, in my own little world my own little shell but ahora <clears throat> I, i've learned to feel comfortable in sharing myself no i still don't share 110 percent of myself mm -hmm. that's to be something you know that's just me but i do share some of those moments and pieces that i feel like are important that my students get to hear that, that my fam some of my family members get to hear and i'm like you know what if i feel comfortable and start to share my my more of my story i think it'll be, help others also connect right. and hopefully help them start their journey or help them understand where they're at and that they're not alone in lo que esto se llama la vida. Andale, ¿qué es, ¿qué es lo que yo veo? Like the little bit you do share, it's with the intention of allowing others to perhaps see themselves, right? Because we do have a lot of shared experiences as sons and daughters of Mexicans um, or just Latinx community. We do share a lot of the same core values and experiences so in you sharing that others have that freedom to say oh well I'm not the only one that has felt this way or I'm not the only one who had these expectations from my family and maybe I felt at times it was unfair and you know what I mean so so they feel hurt they feel seen and when that happens change is uh soon to come I hope so yeah like in my work where I, I work with you know students of color for the majority Latinx students. College or after high school, sometimes I do go into the high schools where these students are coming from. Mm -hmm. And I can 
workshops to parents. And whenever I've had the opportunity to speak to parents, I love it because I'm like, hmm, let me tell them how it really is, you know? So I, I, whenever I'm sharing whatever that might be, whether it's like, what is it, what does it mean for your son or daughter to go to college? I mean, if you're like the, if your oldest student is your first student to go to college, entonces I, I like to tell them, or even if it's the second one, I, I like to tell them like, look, I'm going to tell you, les voy a dar esta presentación, especially for the Spanish speaking ones, mm -hmm. not as a teacher, not as a person, as a, I'm going to tell you like a son of to tell the, his parents. And I'm going to tell you what I experienced and what your students could experience because, you know, the students that I work with, this is what they're also experiencing. So like I tell them, como decimos en México, no la neta. But I love to tell them my experience and my journey. And I've seen that parents, whenever these workshops are being presented to them, they connect, no, and they realize and they reflect much more and the questions are coming in, no. So, mm -hmm. wow, like this is very powerful. That's when I started to notice a little bit more whenever... I would share pieces of me, it really resonated with people. And then when I started much more doing that with my students, that the building the relationships was much easier because I was being vulnerable. I was connecting with them. They were understanding me. They were listening to my story. But then I also gave them the opportunity. Look, I'm sharing, I'm being vulnerable with you. You can trust me because I'm trusting you right now. Yeah, so now they are opening up and they're sharing their, their experiences and now they're trusting me, right? So now mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is two-way street. This is not like, okay, well, Tell me, why do you want to take this class? Okay, cool. We're going to sign you up for chemistry and blah, blah, blah. Have a nice day. See you in the next semester. That doesn't mm -hmm. work like that. Yeah. It, doesn't work like, it didn't work like that with me. Uh, so I'm like, let me let me try something different with, with students who may be the first ones in their families or not. And it's just changing it a little bit, no? Yeah, because if you invest in um, developing that personal relationship with anybody, really, you know, and they feel like this person really is trying at least to understand me or at least trying to see where I'm coming from, you're always going to be more receptive. Le vas a echar más ganas, right? Because you're like, yeah. I, I now know I'm not alone. I'm, it's not just me. It's a, a whole support system around, around me for sure. So can you tell me a little bit about like just a little bit of your backstory? Yes. Like I mentioned, my parents immigrated to Mexico over mm -hmm. here in the, in the early mid 80s. And um, and essentially, yes, I was I was born here in, in the United States. I was born in, in Salinas, California, which is uh, for those that aren't familiar, basically all the salads you eat come from where, where I where I was mm. born. Big field, muchos muchos files, like we like to say. You know, it's a mm -hmm. lot of crops, a lot of vegetables, strawberries, and all that. A lot of crops. And uh, when you have a lot of that, guess who comes and and and, and works those? You no, know? where, where does that type of work? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, immigrants. We have a lot of uh, people from Central America, specifically just Mexicanos in the area, and a lot of people coming from the Philippines. A lot of migration from there, so we have with, within within the community a lot of uh, large community like that. And mm -hmm. and yeah, like I said, growing up in Salinas, uh, which is very interesting when you when you look at the eight three one or the area code eight three one, which is like how we love to say it over there. It's it's essentially it's not the largest county, mm -hmm. but it's. It's big enough to to realize the differences in where the money goes in. You know? Entonces, mm -hmm. within the 831, there's cities like Santa Cruz, Monterey, and uh, they're clo closer to the coast because we're like 15 away from 15 minutes away from the ocean. Yeah, lo que voy con esto es de que over there, Monterey, the beautiful cities, and with the, by the ocean, the majority of people that live there are Caucasian. Huh? And when you come more inland, where all the crops are, like I told you, 
the majority of people that live there are immigrants or Latinos or, uh, like I said, Filipinos, et cetera, from different backgrounds. And what that means that part must more, uh, much more poverty. You know, when you go to the east side of Salinas, the roads are all messed up. The schools are very poor in this and that, right? So there's a lot of like that that uh, you can tell a lot of inequalities in regards to... A funny, I mean, and funny is definitely not the sentiment, but, you know, for lack of a better word, that this is obviously the area, as you mentioned, that supports the community, right? Like that allows the people with better opportunities to thrive because of the fields and what's coming out of there. And it's unfair, unjust that the people who are making it happen don't have access to the same. Yeah. And the reason I share all this is because growing up in Salinas and being born and raised on the east side of Salinas and then slowly moving around the city, because of everything I just told you, a lot of pobreza and all this kind of stuff, um, there's also a lot of influx of, of drugs and gangs. So growing up in Salinas, there was always this this fear for someone who looks like me to do a couple things. No, it was always expected either for us to fall in gangs, to be shot because you maybe been mistaken, uh, drop out of high school because you you know got in trouble or got you know got a girl pregnant or whatever. Same thing for the girl. You know, the girl was more of like, oh, 16, 17, they're gonna get pregnant. Boom, they're gonna drop out of school. So there's always like this view of like us over there. Um, and then growing up, like I said, in the in the 90s and in the early thousands, a lot of gang, gang, gang activity was happening all the time. Salinas, for the how small it is, I mean, it's not a big city like LA or San Jose. We have over here like more than a million people who live here in Salinas. It's like about, I think during the time it was like between 100 to 200K. Not the smallest city, it's not a town, it's a, it's a city, right? But it's not the biggest, oh my God. But it had the same amount of percentage when someone's growing up, the same amount of percentage of violence. Salinas, like Detroit and LA, comparing like numbers and all that kind of stuff, you know, you compare like percentages. It was, yeah. I think at some point, not uh, at some point it was like the top five, top 10 city most violent in, in the United States. And not something that I'm trying to be proud of, but it's something that's a reality of where I'm from. And right. I don't much the case now, pero creciendo en ese, en ese tiempo, like, like you asked me, it, it definitely shifted me. It definitely created this sense of overprotection of myself, you know, always watching my back, which I still do, and modify the way that I talk and modify the way that I walked and modify the way that I dress. I don't think I ever wore anything red in my life until I came to San Jose. And over here, even then, I still feel kind of weird, you know, like, yeah. uh, and that kind of stuff. Wearing jerseys, I don't do that. Wearing, walking on the street, it was really rare hanging out with certain people or at certain times, I would never do that. No, so like it really shifted and affected and conditioned the way that people live because of all the things I just told in the beginning of the difference of income and inequalities and schools and drugs and violence and the expectations that um, if you don't go to the military, if you don't just graduate high school, then you're just a gang member. You know, the way that society looks at us. So todo eso, como te digo, and, and then coming from a home, you no, know, like in a culture where Men have to act a certain way, right? So at school, I had to be like, don't mess with me. And then at home or with the family, there's expectations of you as a man, you need to be a man, you know? So there's no room to show fear. There's no room to show weakness. So you know, you will be hurt, essentially, right? So yeah. is what I'm unpacking throughout these past uh, couple of years in which I show on my Instagram. I mean, I don't know what it's like for men, you know, everything that you have said, I saw. 
my friends, you know, growing up in school, they were very selective with whom they showed any type of openness, vulnerability. They didn't necessarily share the struggles that they were going through, whether individually or as a family. They didn't have that. They didn't. I don't. I don't believe they had space for that. And even growing up as as a woman, still didn't have that much freedom because even within our families, sometimes it was like, oh, you're just being dramatic. You're being too sensitive. You still had some expectations, but we definitely, people just expected us to at some point break down. And oh, even if they thought, oh, she's just being dramatic, it was still giving some type of freedom to show, you know, feelings. Yeah, it wasn't, it was definitely not the same thing for, for, our male counterparts growing up. So you grow up with all these kind of like this chip on your shoulder, right? And then you decide to, you have the opportunity to go to college. I can imagine that in itself was also a much different experience for you from where you came from, how you grew up, your own values, you know, how you, what your family expected. That was different than somebody maybe of different ethnicity, different race. What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, great question. Like I, like I said, I referenced this <clears throat> a little earlier, um, the A31. So whenever you meet someone from you know this area code, Monterey, like I said, Hollister, Watson, Salinas, Gonzalez, we're very prideful. Why? Because we know where we come from. We know how much our, our comunidad struggles, no? and how much a lot of people who could have gone to college never really had the opportunity to even dream about that because there was so many factors that contributed to them going another route you know whether they had a family member in gangs then maybe themselves they were in gangs and maybe things happened in their lives or you know I'm, a lot everybody over there might know someone who's been incarcerated shot killed etc etc and i don't like to just talk the negative stuff you know there's also beautiful things about where i'm from which also contributes to the pride, you know, like La Comunidad. Like you walk and you drive through the streets of Salinas and then it's like if you're in East LA, San Diego, you see all the murals, you see all the, you see the Comunidad, like selling all the um, beautiful um, vendiendo cosas en la calle. You go like, it's like, that's 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 what the beautiful thing about it. So going, going to college was always like this vision of a dream, like, oh yeah, at some point, that's what I want to do. But no conozco yo a nadie that went to college, and my parents was always like that. La expectativa, no, that their struggles and their sacrifice and the reason they came here and everything was all placed on us. You know, like yo quiero que tú vayas a la escuela and be make make something of yourself. You know, something that like I would like to say my pay something that was stripped away from them because of where they were born and because of the also over there the inequalities of, of income and the corruption that's a whole other conversation yeah but that's one you know growing up here like my parents would always tell me when growing like as a kid get us un plano, so you want this you need to get straight a's and i remember when uh, sounds easy right that's all you got to do my mom would always say but then there's a lot of things that happen in la escuela that it wasn't easy to get make straight it a. challenging you know, like I just told you, growing, being in high school, walking through the hallways, and all of a sudden someone gets punched in front of me because there's gangs and all these fights. Always, we had 
you know how like high schools have the securities like people like the how do you call it just kind of like patrolling maybe like uh -huh, like a patrol staff hey where are you going oh okay cool like did you sign in did you sign out whatever like i forgot mm -hmm. what we call it but they're just around there like, you know, keeping the order there. yeah uh, but we had cops we had cops we had cameras we had cops dogs always sniffing our lockers we had patrullas we, it was it was too so all of that con uh, contributed uh, on, on top of all that like having counselors or teachers who didn't understand you you know like there's a lot of teachers who would make all these uh, stupid comments uh, microaggressions like we like to call them nowadays that like there's a name to it we had a, a white teacher once say oh like mexicans are great uh they're good at fixing cars or we had a white teacher one time look at us and tell us to move because uh, she wanted to get through. Like there was a lot of space over here, but she wanted to go through us, right? So mm -hmm. she's like, move you. Dog. I'm like, oh snap, right? So like all these things coming at us that at school, it's not easy just to say, tu lo único que tienes que hacer es ir a la escuela and get good grades. I'm like, mom, but I'm balancing all this stuff over here at school, trying to survive. And at the same time, trying to understand who the heck am I? And not to mention all the stuff at home, so it wasn't easy, right? It wasn't easy to to balance everything. I would say I, I did it okay. And whenever I actually asked for the help, I wasn't that type of person, but whenever I actually asked for the help at high, at high school, um, I was given a BS response by my counselor, my high school counselor, white lady, older white lady. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that was that, right? I asked her about university. Like, I, I wanna, I wanna get to go to university. I said, like, I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, you want to know where to start? And she turns around and gives me this fat phone book looking book. And she's like, everything you need to know, honey, is in here. No guidance, and no nothing. And I'm just staring at her. She's staring at me. And I'm like, okay, well, this means I need to get I need to get out. I need to leave. And then I grab my phone book and I and I walked out. I'm like, okay, I, I did what I had to do, right? I asked, like my mom told me, I have it. Great. But no one the told answer, me. The okay, answer, well, you, yeah. Hey, this is what you gotta do. You know, everything that I do with some of the, my students, nine me dijo, sabes que mira, come in, this is what you gotta do. Boom, 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 boom. You wanna go to this, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. I can tell you, I spoke to much more military recruiters than I ever spoke to anyone about college in high school. And it's because of the same thing I'm saying, like being where I'm from, a bunch of Latinos here and there, let's throw them the military so we can recruit them. It was during the time the Iraq war was happening. So they, they needed some people, let's, let's, let's drag them over here. So era, era todos nosotros, no? and I was about to do it and I wanted to do it. I wanted to go to the military. I'm like, you know what? I've seen blood in, blood out. I wanted to be like that one guy who went to the military, became a cop, this and that, you know, help, help my streets, help my community, take the gangs out. Mm -hmm. But um, then, you know, reality hit me and I was like, you know what? Like, no, porque? you know, I, I, I don't want to do, it. I want to be different. I want to do different. I want to go to college. I want to do this actually. So then, you know, graduating high school, that right now, I think high school, like if, you know, whenever I have a kid and they graduate high school, great. Awesome. Congratulations. But that's not, that's not all we can reach for. You know, when I was in high school and graduating high school, that was like the biggest thing because I knew a lot of people. We start, we were a class of 800 in high school. You know how many people graduated in high school? 170 something. Todos, there's a lot of people who wow. like out, a lot of people who went to adult school, a lot of people who flunked or whatever, a lot of people who did the bad decisions and all these things, right? So I was like, I was like, 800 students? Was that like throughout the whole Salinas? Or was it like just my high school? And it was just my high school. I was like, wow, right? So uh, going to college was again a dream, something que, something mystical, no? Like like mm -hmm. this, something that you've never never seen for me it was something that i've never seen when i went to new york for the very first time in my life 
I was like, oh my God, it's like the movies. I only saw it in the movies. The New York, mm -hmm. the buildings, the romanticism and all this and the, the Eiffel Tower, uh, not, not the Eiffel Tower, the Statue of Liberty, sorry. That's, that was college for me. I never see that in college. I was like, wow, it's like this place I've never seen. It's like a place that I've only heard of ever since I was <laughs> a little kid. And it's real. Campus. So when I stepped foot on campus for my community college, Arnell College, it was where everybody that graduated high school who looked like me, we were all end up there. Some of us did end up going to a college straight out of high school and they go for them. You know, they did get the support, but I didn't know anybody. Everybody that I knew, we all ended up at the same community college. We like to call it Hartnell High because it's Hartnell Community College, but we like to, we, we would love to call it Hartnell High because everybody from the high school we were, was there. We were, all, we're all there. Hey, what's up? And then community college is another struggle in itself. You know, do you, there's a lot of people who stay stuck there for years, semesters and semesters, and with lack of guidance, you can be there forever. You see, no pides la ayuda, or si no sabes que estás haciendo, you're just going to give up at some point. Because you just feel like, oh, you have more responsibilities in life now. So that that was the start of my community, uh, my community college experience. But whenever I actually got accepted to the university that I attended and I stepped foot on that campus for the very first time, again, like I told you, I think I was 20, 21. For the first time, I'm seeing a college campus uh, university, must be in, because it's different in a sense. And I stepped foot on the university. I was like, wow. This is the most beautiful thing I've never seen in my life. So the very first one that I ever saw was like, I want to come here. I'm going to apply here. And this is where I want to come. Because I've never seen squirrels on campuses before. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen trees on campuses before. I've never seen such beautiful buildings and the grass hella nice and cut. And like people just feeling normal, you know, just feeling happy. Just just breathing by. <laughs> yeah, just like me now, just like smiling. So I'm like, who are the heck are these people? It's like, you know, like, this is not me. But I loved everything about it, right? And I was like, wow, I need I need to be here. I want to be that, that person. I want to be able to walk around and just smile and just not have to worry about checking my back and all this kind of stuff. So that's what it was, you know, and it's, it's, it's challenging because some of these things, like I said, you only have to go and go to school. That's all you have to worry about. So there's a lot into that, you know, there's a lot on, and, and it's not my parents' fault. They didn't know any, anything any better. You know, I'm the, I was the first one to, to manage this whole system. And that's why I do this job. This, I focus on this career because I want to help others realize that you're not alone. You're going to be experiencing all these things. Maybe like I did, maybe not, who knows, but I don't want you to feel like you're alone in this whole process for, for, for themselves. And, and hopefully if I can, my message comes across to parents as well, then I've, I've done something, you know. I attended high school here in El Paso, Texas. It was a school that is your, what you would determine not in the best part of town. I think it helped that all of us were navigating the same lifestyle. And we did have a lot of teachers that had grown up here and knew what it was like. So you, you did have several teachers who you know, they would call you out and say, hey, you're acting dumb. Don't do this. Don't do that. But they weren't just saying it just to say it. They knew exactly that there was an opportunity for you outside of this. And um, they were invested. You know, I personally had a lot of teachers that were beyond and above their their actual roles and duties, you know, that they had to do as a teacher. They were personally invested in my life. They knew my family. They would make the phone calls to the school, you know, to my house. They would check in with me, pull me to the side. Hey, is everything okay? So those teachers really, till this day, I still keep in touch with a lot of them. 
because they had a great um, influence in my life. But the ones that didn't have similar experiences growing up, there was um, a lot of microaggressions, like you said. Maybe you didn't know how to label it, but you definitely felt misunderstood by them and you felt like immediately that they didn't believe you could do better. You just well, you just felt it. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't... I mean, I don't want to speak for them. Maybe they really didn't mean to do that, but because they didn't know what it was like growing up in such an environment, maybe to them it was hard to believe that somebody couldn't just make it out of that. So maybe it was out of ignorance that they're that that's how they behaved with us and that's how they spoke to us. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't helpful. Whatever it was, it wasn't helpful to us. So it's it's really great and admirable that not only are you invested in showing the way to your students and the young people that you come in contact with, but that you're also considering the parents because you realize your kid's about to go through something unimaginable that you have no clue about. And I'm also here to, in some way, guide you. So that's incredibly like I said, admirable on your part. So that's that's great. Your your parents must be proud. <laughs> well, I hope so. You know, like I'm, um, that's that's the work that I do. Is the why? No, it's why I do is because of of them. No, it's because of my family, my my community. You no, know, and mm -hmm. um, and everybody who's who's given me, like you said, those people that have actually cared and invested in 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 us. Those are the people that will never forget. You know, like I've always said, like I'm I represent. My comunidad, my culture, my family, obviously myself, and everybody along the way who who has touched me and and, and influenced me in some way or another. No, and also dedicated to those teachers who never believed in me. I'm like you know what? Look at me now. I know. Um, so, como esa lady that called me a thug, like you said, maybe they're not. Yeah, they were ignorant, but they also had. You can just tell. It was like this fire inside me that was. You can just tell in the look in the eyes, the way that they look at you, the way that they try to break. Break you down, but con, con esa mirada. Y esas mm -hmm. miradas son las que if, if it gave me a lot of anger, but it also right now it just fuels me to say, ha, you're going to look at me the way you look at me, but look, I'm still going to thrive. You know, me importa mm -hmm. como tú miras, because I'm still going to shine and I'm going to, you're going to have to put some, shine, uh, some shades because I'm going to be shining so bright. You know, no vas a poder ni verme ya después because I'm too bright for you. And, and, and yeah, like I said, I, I try to do it like that. I try to do my, with my Instagram, I do that, pues. Y en mi trabajo y todo lo que trato de hacer, ¿no? Entonces, it's not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I think overall my passion and I'm coming from, you know, with my heart. The willingness to even try, right? Because even when you talk about mental health, it has to be hard for you having to even apply that shift to your own life to ask for help to be open, yeah. to be vulnerable. That that has to be hard. But the fact that you're even willing, and like you said, you're not maybe perfect about it. You may still stumble here and there, but you're, you're, I think that's what people are attracted to. You know, when they see somebody truly trying and for the better, that's probably what, it, it, it helps them gravitate towards that. So that's mm -hmm. important. The fact that you're willing to, and you're an open book up about your willingness to even try that's that's the important part yeah mental health is has always been something i mean it always affects all of us no we should always but nunca growing up that was never the conversation no and i think it's a couple of years from now it's actually been something that i've 
heard more you know, in education and the trainings that we get and all that. So I'm like, oh, you know what? This is very true. I myself have never gone to therapy. I've never gone to therapy, but I found many ways. Like there's, there's, I, I think there's many ways you can heal. You no, know? there's a lot of ways you can cope with things, and this is no, no mas is, is therapy. You no, know? that's an, one option. Mm-hmm. Just like you finding your purpose or finding what you want in your life, you don't necessarily have to go to college for that. You know, you can you can find that at a in many different ways. You no, know? so. For me, it all started with with two things, you no, know, my, my my partner and also one of my classes, uh, Chicano Studies class. Shout out to Professor Pizarro and Mario Osuna because they they ran this class about healing. Essentially, it said they would say, "How are you going to go and try to change the world, right, or try to go help others when you yourself need healing? You no, know? when you yourself need to check your baggage and your traumas, etc." That class really helped me visualize, like, to be able to forgive certain things that I kept carrying with with me, certain things that I was kind of struggling with because of my my upbringing, you know, in regards to family and in my society. So it it helped me. It was the start of it. Um, and then there's been, like I said, moments where there's new things that now I'm carrying, new things, new things that I've struggled with. And it's been our process, like I said, now as I'm older, I feel like I've learned to to manage some of these things. And I still lash out, don't get me wrong, I still do, but it's not as before. You know, I, I feel like I'm able to calm down much faster or find ways to cope with certain, certain reactions and then come back much better. All those things and the mental health Es, es algo que yo creo que we all should always consider and pay attention forever, always. You know, we like to take care of our physical body, like to go for walks, like to work out and everything. Well, you should do the same thing for your mental health. No? If mm-hmm. your mental health is something that you can feel it's, it's being like alimentado by working out, by going for walks, then great. Pero no nomás es, es el físico, también es, es lo mental. Lo mental. Sí, and you know what? Um, precisamente hoy en la mañana, because my sister came, one of them came to visit, and we were just having this random conversation. You know, she said, sometimes even being aware, for instance, something happens, and you say, I wonder if it was me being hypervigilant, or was this really happening? Was I over-exaggerating, or is this something that I, that there's validity to it, that I, my reaction was valid because it happened sometimes even have a, having that conversation in your head being aware like holding yourself accountable right am i overreacting or is it that in itself it may not seem like a huge deal for some people because maybe they're used to doing it all the time but for us for our community sometimes even giving ourselves permission to check in and think about how we just reacted. That in itself is an important part of beginning your mental health uh, journey and your healing because sometimes we don't even give ourselves permissions for that. We react or we say what we say because of how we feel and then immediately we're like shut down. That wasn't okay. And, and you don't even have, you don't even give yourself permission to say, well, was that okay? Am I okay? That in itself, just even giving yourself permission to think about it and bringing awareness to it, that's incredibly healing for a lot of people. That, that A lot of people never had that. So you're right. I, I do think that 
while therapy is incredibly helpful and sometimes necessary for some people, just being willing and open and giving yourself freedom to feel and being compassionate and patient with yourself, that is also an important component of healing. Yeah, and, and para mí también, is, since I started this Instagram this way and I really started interviewing people and, and connecting with people and hearing their story and have opportunities to do what I'm doing now with you and, and share my story, la verdad, todo eso, that really helps me, you know, honestly. Like, I, I it really helps me be able to share myself and, and every time I talk to someone and, and, and share, you know, because I'm sharing my stuff, I get to reflect and, and say something different and realize something different. And I'm like, wow, you know, this this happened because of this or this because of that. And like, I, I like to do it because it helps me heal. Sharing my story or connecting with others about their story, it helps me a lot. You know, it's, 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 it's I don't know, it's, it's weird, but it, it really helps me. You know, and I, I, I'm not saying that I'm never going to do therapy. Maybe I will one day. Maybe I should one day just to see how that is and try it out. And, and you know, the the solution, but I'm never definitely not against it. Maybe And just being able to write my story in, in more different ways and say it in different many ways, it really helps me. You know? Entonces, something about our cultura is that it's not used to you know, mental health and all that and therapy. And as a, as a man, as a Latino man, an ex male, trying to do this, right? Sometimes you, it's hard enough for you to try to do it yourself and try to come with in terms of like, you know, well, like I need to start focusing on my mental health or, or this, no, me traumas, etc. Pero y otra cosa es a un layer, like us as Latinos, we, we care a lot what our family says. You know, we care a lot what our parents might say, or siblings, or cousins, or whatever, people that we love and care for. And sometimes they don't see what we're trying to do. You know, like if we're trying to take care of mental health, or for those that decide to go to therapy, sometimes our families might not understand that, no? Esa, esa presión, mm -hmm. esa, like, esa ignorancia de no saber. Y como hombre, them seeing like, you also, this internal battle, and with family, of like, whoa, I'm, I should, I should be good, you know, man, like my dad is this and that. It's difficult, you know, because even our dads, as strong as they may have looked when they were younger, and even now, they also needed to take care of mental health, but they couldn't because of survival, no? See, because they simply couldn't. They Maybe they wanted to, but they genuinely could not. He works six, he, for more than 30 years, he works six out of the seven days of the week, 10 to 12 hours a day. And in the day of, when he can, when when he would come home, all he wanted to do is eat, rest, and watch TV. You know, when the heck is he going to have the opportunity to say, "Sabes qué? I'm going to take three days off for my mental health." What the heck? And no, eso, eso and no, we starve. You know, yeah. trabajo le va a decir? I'm working on crops. Sabes qué? Tómate tres días para que te cuides tu salud mental. Te lo mereces. Yeah, we need you a hundred percent. Yeah. No, cuando era, era el día libre, which was on Sunday, what was, what was the going, like, it was carnazadas, watching soccer, going to, uh, being with the family, and then the next day, do it all over again, you know, and any time he actually had vacation, he had to fight for that vacation. He had to ask for this vacation five months in advance, because their, their job or he worked at, a uh, bunch of, bunch of culés, and then when we actually got, he got those days off, it was to go to Mexico, and, you know, when is he going to take the mental days off, and all that, no, impossible, and my mom, very similar, 
But her, on the other hand, also has to be a mom and cook and clean and do this and do that at the house. When was she going to take care of her mental health? It was practically impossible for them to do it. So I don't blame them for it. Y aparte porque no sabían y no, no podían. Pero yo creo que as my responsibility for me is to try to do that with me because I have now the privilege, I guess, to be able to have gone to college, to be able to have a job where I can, I could say, sabes que I need some couple of days because of my mental health and they'll be cool about it, right? So something that they didn't have, I have. That's why they, they told me, you can go to school to get alguien. But also if I went to school, I have my career so I can have these things that they couldn't have, you know, these yeah. days off because they couldn't have them. So I can also work from home right now, just chilling in a learning room while they didn't never had mm-hmm. I might not make the most money ever, but I do I hope I can have a much healthier life and better decisions because I have the luxury to do them versus they did not. Yeah. Um dinero. Yes, money helps with everything. You know, I don't have a house or anything, but yo creo que si mi salud mental y todo bien, I, I think as long as I'm happy, you know. My parents for the longest were just stressed because of the money. Uh, yeah, money is important, like I said, and we have to pay stuff. But if I can just be simply happy, then that's all they would have wanted from me. You know? Exactly. Definitely. Because a lot of times the older generation, just generally speaking, they were like on autopilot. There was literally no room to have a breakdown. There was no room to say today I'm feeling exhausted and drained. I can't do this anymore. There was no room for that because if they did that, families would collapse, right? Because for instance, with your mom, if she wasn't 100% or at least seemingly 100%, you know, then the house and you guys would collapse. If your dad one day decided, I've had enough, who was going to bring food on the table, who was going to pay the bills, you know what I mean? So there was really no, no room for that. And I think that the beauty, because I'm a mom and I stay at home, I have privilege and the freedom to do that I have five children and three of them are boys and I well obviously I want equality across the board for my daughters as well and I want all these liberties to come to them as well that's always a priority for me as a woman right and having being mom of daughters your priority is how I raise my boys because I feel that if I raise them the way that I want my daughters to be treated and to have those liberties. If, if I teach them that at this age that, yeah, women deserve equal pay. Women are just as, as capable. You know, women deserve for them not to like you and you not take offense to that and, you know, want to take it out on them. If I spend the extra, I, I go the extra mile with how I raise my boys, then ultimately women will reap the benefits of that. The fact that you now, even in adulthood, are sort of taking that freedom that you have now with your career and maybe you have more flexibility with time, that you are doing that for yourself, you are also paving the way for other, you know, men that maybe weren't raised this way when they were boys, but they now have you as a model to say, it's okay. We can change it. And when we when we become better as men, our women ultimately reap the benefits of that as well. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicado, ¿no? Because who, have, who has had the power throughout the history of the history, right? It's a, a mm -hmm. number, ¿no? History, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. and it's, 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 it's the reality, ¿no? I, I like to say this too many times that in la historia, now, like, women are been fighting for, for all the rights for, you know, many, many decades. I think that it, if, if the man, if el hombre, like, it's like white privilege, no, and anti-blackness. Like if if the community who is not black doesn't unlearn these dumb ideologies from white privilege and all that and anti-blackness, then at the end of the day, either they don't understand or things are not going to change. Right. No matter how much they, they fight. Yeah. yeah. If they don't like internalize it and actually remove that from themselves and actually see the real picture, why, you know, Uh, black people, etc., are fighting for these things and what it for, for like for so many years, right? I like to see it very similar to like el hombre y la mujer, no? And let's, let's talk about like the Latino culture. Okay, si el hombre no internaliza and doesn't really want to change themselves to be different, to help la mujer and to be remove all this machismo and all this stuff and, and fight it and like learn it and change it for the next generation, for the next one, for themselves, etc. It's not going to change. Mm -hmm. It'll like my kids and their kids, but it's going to continue being like, there's going to be some policies here and there at work or in the communities and that, but it's still going to be the same thing. Like um, very similar in different ways. It's just going to hybrid in a different way. But that's why, like you said, and for me as well, it's it's about being a model and, and, and showing them by making the change in myself. And I hope I can inspire others by doing that. When we talk about, Um, anti-blackness and we talk about machismo if i'm the model of like look this is i'm making this change and i'm trying to be more this and this and this and less of this and i hope that that inspires others to start reflecting on themselves because it starts on us you know it, it starts on us and hopefully that that slowly and slowly inspires the rest of us you know and um for like what you said with your boys and if you know when when i have kids Also, the gender, you know, starts at home. The, the gender responsibility, gender expectations. Okay, la mujer mm -hmm. is only kitchen and the boys only get to play soccer. Like, that's not the case. Like, everybody can do everything. Like, if if I'm going to stand, if, if my mom's cooking and whatever, like, my dad, that's one thing I can say that he would always say, no, no, like, let's go help your mom. I'll, I'll heat up this. I'll, you, you go watch that. You go take out this and help my mom and do things. That's why I have that always in my mind. That like oh I can I can get up and heat up the tortillas I can I can cook I can wash dishes I can do that right it We doesn't can... have anything to do with your masculinity you're a family unit you're a team and everybody participates the same yeah yeah and, and, and things like that right so I know that I have privilege uh, because I'm I'm a male I'm also a straight male y todo eso tengo mucho privilegio mm -hmm. comparison to other people maybe not but in, in in many aspects I do right so it's just how can I use this Uh, privilege that I have to try to inspire change on other not just my, my our culture and our cultura, Latinx or Latino culture Mexican culture but also in, in, in el hombre you know? men in, in general sí. so men in general so that's you know, I, I joined a fraternity in college and I saw a lot of things that really heightened machismo super you know so Um, with, within the fraternity and now with my male students and males in my family and friends, etc., 
That's why I'm trying to promote this change. And some of them might say stupid stuff, stupid comments. Oh, Benjamin is this and this and that. But I know that deep down, they are listening. They're mm -hmm. paying attention. Hopefully that some way or another, that will help them just reflect and try to, maybe I should do what Benjamin is saying. Right. Like, because why do we have to be, excuse my language, but assholes to like prove our manliness? You know what I mean? We can be manly and we can be sure of ourselves as people and uh, me getting up and washing dishes to help my mom or my partner or my sister or whom or a friend even you know doesn't take that away from me um so yeah like here everybody I mean obviously we're a big family so we in order to even function everybody has to pitch in <laughs> You know what I mean? You, in, order, in order to keep some type of normalcy, everybody has to pitch in. So, you know, sometimes my boys, um, especially the older one, because the, the, the two other are younger, but the older one is very much used to help your sisters out because you benefit mm -hmm. from this as well. And, you know, they're caught up with doing something. Well, you can go and wash your dish after you're done. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... And he's growing up with that, and he doesn't see anything wrong with it. As a matter of fact, when he sees examples of where men sort of uh, project that insecurity of, of well, I'm not going to do that because that's like a woman's job, right? Or that's not something that men do. It It's the opposite for him. He'll be like, why? I, I don't he can't register why that's so wrong, you know? Um, so I'm glad that he has that confusion <laughs> because it means, oh, he's learning that that's not okay. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? And he's very sure of who he is um, in terms of his gender. It, it doesn't affect anything. Um, and he's very respectful of anybody, you know, just, regardless of how they identify, he's extremely respectful. It's like, that doesn't affect me. I don't see why I have to even have an opinion about it. You know, it's not me. So people can live however they want to. So I'm very proud of that. And 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 I tell the girls all the time, I don't, I never want you to think that I'm not worried about your space in society. If anything, the reason, because, because me being a woman, I know what it's like and I know the struggles because I, I know what you sadly may have to endure. That's why I sometimes emphasize a little bit more in how I'm raising them. Because I you guys should not have to go through that. I don't want you guys to have to feel the things I felt or be judged for things. Just for being a woman sometimes, you know, and, and people misunderstanding you and not giving you opportunities. I don't want that for you guys. Um, and they're okay. They're like, no, it's okay because... They, they see it in their brothers. They respect us and they love us and they want the best for us. So it's okay with us. Oh, yeah. That 200% on that one. Because, you know, my parents came to this country for me to have a better life. And that meant pushing college, right? A lot. And I'm really thankful for that. Whenever I have my kids, I also want them to have a better life when it comes to mental health. When it comes to a lot of these changes that I feel like are necessary and that I'm making on myself, try to help my parents to, you know, make some of those changes and hopefully they, they can benefit from them. But also, for, like I said, for the kids to have that better life of the things that I wish I could have had, you know, like, 
mental health, communication with parents, to like be more this and et cetera. Blah, blah, blah. That would be my focus with, with them. And while I'm doing that, I'm also doing it for myself. No, because obviously I matter. <laughs> and right. I think it's the, those, those, those beautiful moments that if we can achieve or try to seek that, I hope that la felicidad no nomás es algo que se ve en las novelas, ¿no? Es something mm -hmm. that we can and it's something that we can also experience. And on top of everything that we have to navigate, because life is not easy, ¿no? Es complicado, pero también mm -hmm. la vida puede ser bonita. So I, just to sort of wrap this up, uh, you have a podcast, right? Can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that? Well, obviously, my Instagram, no, is Perez the Advisor. And mm -hmm. my Instagram series, I have two at this point, uh, or three. One is my my own is Find Your Purpose, no? So it's essentially that people come in and share their story, a little bit of their personal ex college experience and um, professional uh, career when they're sharing their purpose. You know, sometimes we touch on topics that are um, will be like really important for us, like, you know, why the term like next or mental health or machismo or healing etc and 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 i think it's been an awesome experience it's been three seasons now i think i'm in episode like 39 or something like that of the the instagram series i do have another instagram series called uh, mira latino with a, a friend who i've met because of social media he's in the east coast i think he's finishing his bachelor's and he um it's it's a it's a series it's a new series about el hombre you know, el hombre latino so it's called mira latino to kind of like like a call out hey mira we have something to say you no know? mm -hmm. so in regards to, you know mental health machismo expectations to be a man etc 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 so we just started that our episode comes out every wednesday well, i also lead as instagram series called be real for be latina news um if y'all don't follow them they're they're brand not brand new but they've been fairly new um uh, virtual magazine about the latino culture you know, and, and they invited me to be to lead one of their instagram series called be real a brand new initiative and we're in regards to that we bring like different uh, people in, in in different industries i guess for the most part it's been like authors at this point um in which they get to share the project but at the same time um some like just being authentic being real about like their, their story, you know, something they, the, their message. And obviously, like, I push them a little bit. And it's been an awesome thing. But the podcast itself, that's something different. You no, know, the podcast is called Latinx Greek Life. And this podcast is about what I referenced a little bit earlier Greek life, the fraternities and sorority world. There's always like these uh, stereotypes because of movies, you no, know, or because of like maybe you hear something on, on the news of, oh, that's a fraternity, that's a sorority, that's all they do. In realidad, well, yes, that's a big stereotype, but in reality, like what I bring on this podcast is a little bit of these guest stories, their college experience and the Greek life aspect of things. The Greek life, I bring people who, who were founders of these organizations. I bring people who are probably presidents, national presidents of their organization, people who are different parts of, of, of the organization. But they, these organizations, the Latino, Latina, Latinx, Greek organizations were built just like the, the uh, historically African-American Greek organizations and all the other multicultural ones. These were all built for one purpose. And they were built for the purpose or established because of the lack of either representation, inclusivity, 
sense of purpose, because all these institutions of higher education were built not for you and I. You know, they right. weren't built for us. So um, these are these organizations were these like fraternities and sorties were built to be able to find a family away from home, to be able to find a comunidad away from home, to be able to find brotherhood and sisterhood that you can walk on campus and feel like you have people there that care for you. Like you belong. You belong. You can graduate with. You can these beautiful relationships and these these organizations were built for sometimes also for like a, a, a una lucha, you know, una lucha de justicia, una lucha de representación. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I love this podcast because I am trying to show a different side of the stereotypes you hear on the news or whatever, on the movies. Just like whenever, if you have no idea what Latino is, you turn on a movie and then you see movies of gangsters, you see movies of, of, of maids, you see movies the of- The drug Latin. dealers. You see shows of like, oh, Mexicanos are all, they're drug dealers. You see Colombians, oh my God, they're a cocaine, this and that. I'm like, no, that's not just all what we are. That's that's just some part of society that unfortunately that's what it is. But that's that's not what it is. You know, our culture is much richer than that, much beautiful than, than that, that those conversations. And same thing with Greek life, you know, in regards to the Latinos in Greek life, there's much more to it. And I'm trying to shine light on those stories, on that impact, on that um, lifelong journey of being part of something larger than 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 us no so that's the podcast you can find it in essentially anywhere and everywhere you can find it on apple spotify google pandora iHeartRadio, etc can you say the name again for everyone that might have missed it the name of your podcast yes it's called latinx and then greek life so latinx okay. greek life um and i mean if you search up Perez advisor or essentially latinx greek life you'll be able to to find it to bump into it okay yeah we'll show up <laughs> that yeah i'll be tuning in for sure well this was really really good i'm really grateful that you took time out of, out of your busy schedule because i knew you were busy but now that you're kind of like telling me everything that you're doing and everything that you're involved <laughs> with i'm like oh my gosh he really does have a full schedule <laughs> uh it's, so it's i <laughs> I know. So thank you so much. Totally grateful that you did this for me and gifted me an hour of your time uh, to do this for myself. We're, we just started, but, you know, we're just getting the feel of it. And, and But we've gotten to meet extremely interesting, inspirational people. And you, of course, are, you know, no less than. So totally appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much as well. Thank you for, for allowing me to share a little bit about my, you know, my story and, and, and my passions and my experiences. I think that's what's beautiful about this and, and continue doing this podcast because las personas que salen aquí, las personas, you don't know who's going to be listening to it, no? And you don't know who, who can get connected or inspired by, by, this, uh, by this podcast and the stories you get to share here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that and, and hold on to that. Thank you all for tuning in today. We look forward to you joining us again next time. But until then, as always, be love and be safe.